Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Bradford Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. All right, Stu's. All right, Stu's, I want the trumpets. Let's go. Let's Let's go. go. All right, I'm going to get it. Hold on. Let's get it. (laughs) After last night's game, though, Uh, the Mets. I don't care about the Mets. It's not about the Mets. It's all about What happened to the game? It went away. What's happening? Cleveland versus Tampa. What's happening? I need to know what's happening. All right. Anyway, uh, welcome to the Bradford Show. Talk, 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 talk. talk, talk. I have my mic unplugged. Uh, All right, this is the Bradford Show. I'm Rob Bradford along with Coop. Cooper, Coop, Leonard. I said I never said your full name before. Anyway, government name is government. <laughs> it's on the license, and this is the Bradford Show. I'm just going to say it right now. Will you please subscribe? Will you please listen? Will you please re- give a good review to the we podcast? Make it easy. The I Twitter mean, and the Instagram handle. It's all right Bradfoe there. Underscore show at Bradford. The link underscore. is right in the bio. There you go. go and subscribe. And give I, us a give us a review. I feel a nice review. I, I feel like we did our part, Coop. As we get to the end of the year, we did our part. Where we've landed here. I'm we, exhausted. I, I just said my brain shut off the other day. I know Xander, you know, he hit a grand slam his second to last game. Uh, I know he's probably a little exhausted trying to pump out a few extra dollars in that contract, but I'm exhausted. There is no other podcast. There is no other show. Let's call it show slash podcast. They started the year with the Xander Bogarts, a 45-minute interview with Xander Bogarts. No big deal. And then punctuated it, bookmarked it, with another Xander Bogarts. I mean, basically, it's like Xander will talk to you in seven months. Boom, 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 blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. A couple times in go. between. Yeah, a couple times in between. Yeah, but just, really, it's like, and this is the thing. This is, I, there's a lot to rant about. And I, I encourage everyone to rant and rave and yell and scream about the Boston Red Sox and give your take. And we're going to look back, look forward, whatever. But, you know, this. here we are, last place Boston Red Sox, 617-779-7937. And, you know, the thing is, the, I, what we're going to do is we're going to rant a little bit at the beginning. Coop, you can say whatever you want. I don't care what you say. Anything. Be, you've earned the right to say anything you anything. want. Anything at all. Ooh. And um, because you've earned that right, you've thank done you. an excellent job all year long. For well, the thank Brad you for show. bringing me along. It's uh, uh, stop it. Whatever. It's, no, it's, I'm going to give you your roses. No, no, don't. Okay, listen. It's like you've earned the right. The bre- it's, it's red hot. You're... you're, you're your future is bright, and so is the podcast, so is the show. All right, but 
So as we sit here, though, we're, we're going we're gonna to rant and rave about a lot of things. And in the second segment, after the trending now, uh, Stiz, you got the trending this week? What's going on? Yeah, I'll get it to you. All right. No, okay. So after the trending, uh, what I want to do, the exercise I want to do is we'll just go through the players, all right? We'll go through the Bogarts, the Devers, the JD, the Marti, uh, the Avaldi, all these guys. We'll break it down and we'll play sound, important sound that we have that our show has uncovered. Our show has driven the bus when it comes to the narrative. Um, they're basically the most important words coming out of people's mouths in relationship to what we're talking about, which is uh, the future of the Boston Red Sox. And, yeah, sure, we have that press conference, that our pref- press conference, which you can hear the entire thing if you go to the Bradfoe Show podcast page. But, yeah, we have that. But they were talking, you know, in, in I don't even know what you call it, GM speak, ownership speak, whatever. If you want the real what's what, like, we're going to give you some sound, the most important sound. And we're going to do that with Bogarts. We're going to do that with Devers. But, Coop, the thing that this is, I just have to get this off my chest, okay, when it comes to, like, the Bogart stuff. All right. So, Sean McAdam had a great report, which is, you know, and you had the great take, the great video off the great report, which is when we sat down and asked Xander, have you talked to, uh, talk, talk to the Red Sox about a contract? And he's like, no. And, but then Ooh. you got the video and you got the side eye. Again, go to the Instagram or Twitter go. to see this. Uh, excellent job. Excellent video work by you. Thank you. If you watch, he's <laughs> it's really funny. Like, it was. He, I, at the time, Like I, I, and I said this to you the next yeah. day, I thought no, nothing of it. And when I'm putting together the promotions and everything and like the Instagram and the tweets or whatnot, <laughs> you kind of catch him give a little smirky do. And a side glance at you, like I know something. It was on. there was a little smirky do, yeah, a little bit. So the video catches this little smirky do, and then you have the report from Sean about you know that he's talked to ownership. But here's the thing, and, and this is it was a great report by Sean. But here's the thing, that's all well and good. I don't want to hear about Xander Bogarts flying back to talk to ownership. I don't want to hear about him talking to ownership anymore. I don't want to hear about any of this. Carrier pigeon. Tell me when Scott Boris is talking to someone. Because, like, I go back to the first thing I thought of was when ownership flew to John Lester's house and they presented him, like, a, a scrapbook. Like, they basically presented him a scrapbook. Were you on that podcast where he's talking about that? I don't think so, but I. Oh, my God. He's, you don't he, want a scrapbook? No, he's like, here's a scrapbook. Like, remember all the good memories. And, you know, don't for, forget about what other teams are offering. Didn't Theo go to Sh- Kurt Schilling's house for Thanksgiving? Yeah, that was, way, that was way back. Yeah. But, but still, like, that's. That, and Schilling didn't have an agent, so that was going to the agent. Yep. But in this respect, they're going to Lester's house. Fine, you're putting your best foot forward. And I think that that's what they're doing here with Bogarts. They're trying to put their best foot forward. But a couple of things about this drives me nuts. Number one. Why are you waiting to the end of the year to have this, hey, Xander, we really love you, we really want you? Because you know why, Coop? Why this is, there's, Tell a, me why. there's a flaw in this whole dynamic. Paint, paint me a picture. Let me, let me give, give me the whole mural, which is... The Sistine Chapel. Stare up at this, and I'll tell you. The flaw is, is that if you did it before... You might have had this guy at, in a field where you don't know where he's going to land at the end of the year, right? And he's told he's told everyone multiple times he doesn't want to talk until the end of the year. But that's not true. I mean, no, that, it's no, never true. No, no, it's never true. But but my point is, is that 
by the time they went to him and they had this meeting and they had the, hey, Xander, we really love you. We want you back. We're going to take care of you meeting, okay? His year had been defined. His year had been defined. So what does that mean? That means that he has all the leverage, Coop. Like, he has all the leverage. That's it. He has all the leverage because he can now go to Aruba, sit on the beach, play dominoes, as he said, and ride out this month and have the Red Sox say, we really love you, really love you, really love you, and here's our offer. And he might say, oh, you know, that seems like a better offer. But you know what's right around the corner? A lot of really good offers. Because you know what? I landed here with a really good season where teams are going to look at me and say, hmm, you know what? We're willing to give you the money. We're willing to give you what the Red Sox were. And all it takes is one team. And I think Xander has earned that right. And it's gone past the I have to stay with the Boston Red Sox mentality where he can go into free agency and say that the world is not flat and there's other teams out there. And, oh, my goodness, the Philadelphia Phillies, eh, maybe that isn't a bad place to play with a lot more money. And a GM that you're familiar with. Yes. Well, that helped you get a ring on your finger. But along, going back to our podcast with him, something else that I, I think has to be taken into consideration is when he pointed out that for the first time, like he paid attention. Well, not for the first time. But he made note that he heard people chanting his name, saying, pay Xander, pay Xander. And then he goes and hits a home run. And after a year like this, where you have every radio show, every news outlet. He did his part. Well, no, and that's what I'm saying is just you have the entire city of the, like of Boston coming against the owners right now saying, hey, yeah, like, who has this, le- team, le- this team is like abysmal. Who, who has the We're leverage? Interested right who has now. the leverage? Xander has the leverage by far. He's got the city of Boston. Okay, okay, okay. So when so when the ownership group, you know, meets meets with Xander, good for them. Good for them. It's better than not meeting with Xander, it's right? Not enough though. That, that's my point. Is that unless Scott Boris is sitting there in that room and they're meeting with the both of them and they're actually exchanging numbers and figures and blowing Xander away, like they. It, it, this I'll come back to it. It's all well and good. John Henry and, and company going to John Lester's house was all well and good. It was fine. They gave the scrapbook. That's fine. That's super. But at the end of the day, to your point, Coop, Xander knows what's, what's he, what leverage he has. Xander knows that he's, he, he's been in Boston long enough to know how this thing works. He's also earned the right. He's earned the right. Earned the right. This isn't me sitting down with him. And on April 2nd or whatever it is, and him's like, oh, man, I don't know why they aren't valuing me. Like, I don't know. I can't tell you. I don't know why. And, and, and then going through a year where a lot of people, including people in the organization, were saying, well, mm, maybe he's not worth more than the $20 million a year for the next three years. Maybe he's not worth that. I and mean, he didn't have a down year. No, but at that point, Coop, at different times in the year, and they, that that was an argument, and and I get it. Like he was banged up, he wasn't hit with power, and then all of a sudden, as he pointed out to us, he went on a pretty good run. He had a, he finished out the season strong, and it's not like he, you know, it's not like Aaron Judge who's coming up on free agency and he just you know shattered the a the American League yeah, home well, run record. Listen, he had a good contract. He's going to get the bag. He is going to get the bag. Well, Xander Xander did well enough for himself through August and through September. He's a poor man, Aaron Judge. 
say that different. I don't want to compare the two apples to oranges. No, but I'm saying that in terms of like living up to the contract year, because contract oh, years, yeah. like you know, JD for instance, <laughs> he probably saved himself a couple bucks at the end of the year by two hitting three. Yeah, I mean, hey, after he came on the Bradfoe show. You know, he said he, he fixes fix his swing. It's the Bradford Show effect. Uh, listen, there's a lot of examples of that. Before the end of the show, can you rattle off the guests we had? Oh, my gosh. We had. I mean, this no, no. Before the, before the end of the show. Before, we, let's not do it now. Okay. But, but I do want to say. Let's let, let's we, let I, the listeners, commercial break, go go through the Odyssey okay. app. Go through Spotify. Go through Apple. Mm. We're on all of them. Look at who we've had. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you what. Spoiler alert. We actually have a, another a guy who loved being on so much. Big he, friend. He is coming back at 5 o'clock today. Woo. Another guy, a member of the Red Sox, one, and, and I'll say this, let's power rank the best years of guys, right? Oh, of guys, we, the Red Sox. Do we want to do that before or after? No, no, but wanna, I'm saying that, that this, will, this will lead you to guess who's coming on at 5 o'clock. Okay. Give me your top three. My top three? Top, top three years. I mean, active players are? No, no, uh, Fred Lynn. No, yes, active players. Active players. Top right. top three guys who their years that they had in 2022. I mean, one of one, Xander. Okay, Xander, number one. John Schreiber, number Whoa! two. Whoa! Who could be coming on at 5 Ooh. o'clock? Oh. oh. Oh, my goodness. Johnny 8 Mile. Johnny 8 Mile. His first first order of business. How much he loves that name. We are going to present him with an award. I don't know what award we're going to give him, but we got to give him give some him award. Something. All right. Think of the award. All right. All right. I see everybody lined up. 617-779-7937. What do you say like we take Don? Don, we haven't seen Jeff. Jeff and Watertown, if you're out there. Call on in. We always like to take you as a first caller, but we're going to start with Don today. What's up, Don? How you doing? Hey, what's going on? Is this Bradford? It is. Uh, almost drove off the side of the road. Always thought you knew baseball, but let, let me just let me just throw a couple things at you. Let's do it. You know what I mean? I'm not a sports writer. I'm not you know so called expert. I'm just but a, you are a Don. fan that's that's been watching the game for um, I don't know 25 years. Gotcha. Fan. Um, okay, Xander Bogus. How do you rank him defensively? I mean, with the, hold on, hold on, with what? Rank him in what? Well, what way? I rank as, him. As here's a, the thing. Here's here's the thing, Don. Don. Okay, let yep. me talk. Let me talk. Yep. Okay. No problem. How do I rank Xander Bogarts defensively? I rank him better defensively than at any other point in his career, and I have numbers to suggest that I'm correct. Okay. You think his you think his range is in the top tier of shortstops in baseball? Yes. Uh, not Ooh. top top tier. I, I think I, I think I think that he's he's certainly good enough to be a major league shortstop, and with his offense, yep. that puts him in the top tier shortstops. Okay, my, in my opinion, he would be a top tier third baseman, but I don't think he's ever going to be a top tier defensive shortstop as far as range goes. I we'll agree to disagree. No, no, no. That's fair. No, that's fair. It's it's third third baseman is if for a guy like him, probably you're probably right. He'd probably be better third baseman. But can he play shortstop, a more premier position? Uh, And has he played it at a higher level than he ever has this year? Yes. So those things are true too. Hold on. Let Don continue. So yeah, sorry. Yeah. I want Don. Don's on a roll. Okay. I don't know about that. Um, So the other thing is, I mean, his power numbers. Over the last couple of years, what, what what are we what are we talking? He had a drop this year in, in power, no question about it. I mean, obviously, what, the, the number of science would suggest that when you hit less home runs, that your power has dropped off. Right, right, and I think this. I think it's it's if you look at over the last couple of years, 
it seems like his RBIs and home runs, uh, as far as games played, is not, you know, it's not eye-popping. It's not jump-off-the-charts numbers, right? Well, I think, first of all, he's a guy. How many, Coop, do we know how many games he played this year? Because, I, Don, I think that one leads to the other, which is he played in games. He went, the reason, one of the reasons why I think, I think, my opinion that he did not hit. games played. Yeah, one of the reasons he did not hit as many home runs was for a good chunk of the season. He was dealing with injuries, but yet he played. Now, a lot of guys, they wouldn't have played in a contract year. Sure. But I think that what you saw toward the end of the year was more representative of what you're going to get with Xander. And is he going to hit 30 home runs? Probably not. But is he going to hit 20 next year? I would put my money on it. Yeah. See, I I mean, it just seems like all the Boston sports writers are like, oh, he's a homegrown kid. He's a great fit. I just, you know what I mean? Give me wins. Tell Tell me what his numbers are. That whole thing about a great fit in Boston, yada, yada, yada. I don't know. I think that's totally overrated. So Don, I think you have to sign the third. I think you have to sign the third baseman, right? What about Devers? Um, contrary, Devers. Yeah, you got to give him whatever he wants. Contrary, I mean, to he's what, here what, till what next year. Thinks, what's that? He's he's not a free agent coming into this year. No, right. but he's talking about play. Yeah, keeping him locking. Priority. I get it, Don. Don, Don, Don and I'm sorry. We got to get going. We, but please call back. But what Don Don is saying to just keep prioritize Devers over Bogarts. I, and I understand I that. I get that, but it's also looking at De- uh, Xander's numbers right now with the whole bat thing. His career average for OPS eight fourteen. What did he do this year? Take a guess. Eight fourteen. Eight thirty three. Yeah. So he's on. He's average. He's actually a little bit above. Yeah, average and, and, and like I said, it's like this is the tr- slippery slope when you say, "Oh, well, he was he was dealing with injuries because we can't prove it, and it seems like an excuse." But I think that we all know that that was a reality. And what I want to do after the break, Coop, is that we'll talk more about Bogarts, but I want to play you some sound. Of from Heim Bloom being on the Bradfoe show that I thought was the most important sound that you're going to hear about Heim talking about Bogarts and how they view Bogarts and why these owners are meeting with Bogarts. 617-779-7937. You want to do trending? Do I want to? Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Well, this, this is your big chance. I'm Rob oh, Bradford. That's. Here. That's Coop. This is the Bradfoe Show. Here we go. Let's try it. Merloni, Fourier, and Mego. Weekdays, 2 to 6. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. This is Coop, and this is what's <laughs> trending. The Patriots host the Lions tomorrow as their week, fi- as their week 5 All matchup. Right. Uh, kickoff is at 1 p.m. Bailey Zappi. Zappy Hour is expected to get his first NFL start as Brian Hoyer has been placed on IR with a concussion and Mac Jones is listed as doubtful with a high ankle sprain. Be sure to tune in tomorrow before the game with Gresh, Keith, and Wiggy from Helix Esports and Foxborough for WEEI's Football Sunday. Then be sure to tune in to the Six Rings postgame. Hit me with that. Come on, Stiz. <laughs> Crank that up. Yes! Oh, I'm in the zone now. Six Rings postgame show with Fitzy and and Hart after the conclusion of Patriots and Lions. The MLB wildcard round started yesterday. The Guardians beat the Rays. My Guardians team. Let's go, Tito. 0-0. The Phillies, it's still 0-0. Still in the extra innings right now. The Phillies scored six runs in the top of the ninth to beat the Cardinals 6-3. The Mariners shut out the Blue Jays. Let's go. 4-0. And the Padres beat Max Scherzer and the Mets, who I sadly had as my World Series winners. College football, BC hosts fifth-ranked Clemson tonight at 7.30. We will begin coverage at 7 p.m. Yeah! Woo! Go Eagles! (laughs) Other games around the country, the Red River Showdown, Texas and Oklahoma face off at noon. Eight Tennessee visits LSU. 
Roll Tennessee. 18. Ron Burgundy. We got so many numbers in right, here. No, we got no, a whole lot of college finish, football. Finish I don't finish care. This is the baseball hour. Finish the Celtics off. beat the Hornets 112 to 103 in the preseason action, which is so important. And the Bruins host the Devils tonight at 7 for their final preseason game before they open their regular season against the Capitals on Wednesday. Tuka Rask was playing drums at a bar last night. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> Let's go. Bradford Woo. Show. Be I'm back winded. right after this. The Bradford Show on WEEI. WEEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. All right, let's go. Bradford Show. Bradford Show. Me, Rob Bradford, him, Coop. Uh, we are with you all the way up until 6 o'clock. As we said, at 5 o'clock, we have the player, the Boston Red Sox player, who had the second most successful season on the team. We have defined it. We have said it, so it must be true. Is that like our award show type thing? Is that what we're doing? The pitcher of the year for the Red Sox. Pitcher of the year? I mean, right? Bayo? I mean, he was no, there Bayo. all year. He but Bayo, like three times. Bayo got me excited for I know this. He can, if he wants to come on the show and accept the award for the pitcher that got Coop the most excited, then fine. He can boss. call in at 515. Super. Okay. But John Eight Miles Schreiber is accepting the award at five o'clock. Deal. All right, deal. Deal. All right. Shake on it. Oh, there you go. All right. We've been talking, we've been getting all riled up over Zando Bogars and Raphael Devers. Um I said my piece on why uh, I think that all these reports about, you know, meeting is all well and good, but until Scott Boris gets in the room, that's when the rubber meets the road. Because as Coop pointed out, expertly pointed out Raphael Devers I'm, I'm sorry Xander Bogarts has all the leverage Raphael Devers has all the leverage too by the way uh, most of the leverage as much all right well, we'll I get, think with him being locked up well, another year he doesn't so I, I want to play I want to do this there's a lot to pick through when it comes to this team by the way last place not good I don't not, know if you know not that. the best sign pick sign no, nah, not even a good, not nah, even a great draft like, pick. We're gonna have it's like 10. thirteen or something. I was like, I don't no, know. towards the end we bumped up. Oh, there you Should've go. Should have lost the last. Signs would suggest though. that last place is not good. Tank it, for another short. Six one seven 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 nine seven nine three seven. If you disagree, um, all right, uh, Stiz, do we got the Bogarts thing ready to roll? We do. All right, okay. So, as I said, that we we had the sit down of of all the podcasts. We can power rank the podcasts if you want, but I'm not going to do that right now. But all, we one of the most notable podcasts was when I sat down in the uh, in the WEI broadcast booth for an hour with Heimbloom, just two guys chopping it up. All right. Great background with with that guy Nate and taking pictures of us. Fabulous okay. pictures of you. Uh, That's absolute, some LinkedIn profile. Uh, stuff well, right uh, some really good stuff from Nate. But there were two guys chopping it up in the in the broadcast booth, and that's how I wanted it to be. It's it's difficult to get anybody in the season to sit down and talk like that. Like we did it with Bogarts in spring training because it's spring training. But when you get in the season, and Coop, you were there for a lot of these interviews in the dugouts, and you can understand these guys are always running around. I think we were very fortunate to, to get some guys for an extended period of time. I mean, um, Twenty minutes was typically. That was generous. Now, yeah, and you, and you see that dynamic. They're running around doing a million different things, and you have to line it up like a month ahead of time, so forth and so on, unless it's Tristan Casas who just bizarrely wanted to do it. Um, so, But I sat down with an hour for an hour with Hein Bloom, and we've been picking through that ever since because he said some things that I think that what sort of broke through the this GM speak. And one of the things he talked about was Xander Bogarts and how they approach Xander Bogarts. And so – 
Um, and the question really was, when we're talking about Bogarts, and I think a lot of people want to know is, well, how do you value him? Do you just see him as X player who have, puts it up X stats, no pun, pun intended. intended, no Jakes. pun intended, um, but or do you see him as something more? Like everybody talks about, and obviously I, I know ownership sees him as something more. That's why they're talking to him, taking the time to meet with him and saying we want you back and we want you as part of this organization because if you leave, it's going to be a really, really bad look. But I want to play what Heim Bloom said when it came to this question about how he viewed Xander Bogarts. How much do you value? Um, no, how much do you value the entire package of of Xander? Of a guy? I mean, it's just I, I, I mean I could say of a player, but I'm going to say this of Xander. Like, how much do you value that entire package when you go into es- estimating? Um, uh, the value of a player because you know listen i mean every player it's not usually it's not just he can get guys out it's clubhouse it's work ethic it's all the things you said like trevor story is a, good, a great example of this is a good work ethic good clubhouse guy can potentially move positions all of that it's part of it so how much do you value the entire package leadership like a guy saying you know he's our captain everything how much do you value that yeah a lot i think it's uh i'll put it this way you know normally when you look at players at the point in their career uh that he's getting to um you know on paper that that's usually the time uh you know to get off the bus to me it's it's basically a threshold issue that like we shouldn't it's because of all those things that he brings uh, that he's the type of guy that you want to have here for a long time that, you know, you want to have here, hopefully for his whole career. Um, you need that to be a, a good player and a core player, uh, for as long as we expect that he will be. All right. I, that line, I have not been able to get out of my head cope. Usually that's time to get off the bus, Right. Usually that is time to get off the bus because not only is it pertinent when it comes to the Xander Bogarts conversation at going into 30, just turned 30 years old, happy birthday, Xander Bogarts, but also it for all how he views all free agents. Usually that's time, the time to get off the bus. Yeah, you're looking at production and also like value. Right. I mean, that's the that's the X coordinate. That's the Y coordinate. Where is it going to meet? Well, that's going to tell you if you need to give him a big contract or not. And especially when you look at, you know, a 30-plus-year-old player, and if you're going to be investing while we have a, what, 21-year-old shortstop down or 20-year-old shortstop Yeah, but the, the they'll, they'll tell you, that, oh, don't look ahead. If it t- t- yeah, I mean, takes like, care of itself. Sox prospects will tell you that Marcelo Meyer isn't going to come up until, what, 2024? Well, I can tell you that. I yeah, mean, I, I mean, that's the thing. It's, so it's, the, you know, it's he, what's going to be that bridge while this team can possibly – you know, win championships is what, what are we going to put in that as that filler? All right. So when, when you hear that, when the 30 year old conversation starts, usually that's time to get off the bus. So he's talking about performance. Like if he, he's looking at it and said, if it's just performance, usually that's the time to get off the bus. In other words, don't give him the big deal because you know, it's going to go the other way. And by the way that you could like say that he's lumping Aaron judge in that. 
Because if we don't know how Aaron Judge would be in Boston, we have no idea. We have no idea. It'd probably be pretty nice. Probably. It would be very Probably, nice. but but we do know what Xander Bogarts, and this is what he's talking about, about how Xander Bogarts, the puzzle piece of Xander Bogarts, has fit the puzzle when it comes to that clubhouse, when it comes to the Red Sox. And, and Don, who called in, he has a good point, man. Like, I get it. I get that that you can say, well, Xander Bogarts isn't the be-all, end-all player. But what other shortstop of that caliber That's my are point. you going to go okay, out get? Okay, so go out, fine. Carlos Correa, right, he's going to opt out. You want to get, okay, great. Thank you for bringing that up. And Jeff Watertown, we're going to get to it in a second. But you can bring up Carlos Correa, which is, uh, people will. He is going to, you, you are correct. Your sources are correct. Uh, my sources, that is just the internet. Right. There you go. It's as good as it like, Anyone seems else to be, on Twitter seems, tells you it's a source. It seems to be lying. everybody else's yeah. source. Uh, so, he, Carlos Correa, he, uh, he's making $35 million a year. He can opt out or keep making $35 million a year for the next two years. And that's fine. But you would – and Carlos Correa – on it, like just on its own, is a better player than Xander Bogarts. We would say that. Um, the, I would the, say comparable. The the best version of Carlos Correa is probably a better version overall than Xander Bogarts. Maybe. Yeah, this past season they both played like on the same level. No, I think that Xander. If you go, let's look, go look. Let's look at the numbers. I don't think Correa had the numbers of Bogarts. I mean, they were close. But my point is, is that when you dump in Carlos Correa into Boston, you don't know how that puzzle piece is going to fit. And if it is close, that you should do exactly what Heim Bloom did or just said. You're not going to believe this. What? What did I tell you for Xander Bogart? Oh, it's the same same OPS. 833 OPS. Same exact OPS. 833. Really? There you go. Correa had more home runs, so he was hurt too. That's true, but like, I mean, are what they was gonna, his average? Are, his average was you, like hold think, on, hold on. His average was like 270, right? I mean, all the baseball nerds out there will tell you that. I don't no care. I still uh, two ninety one. Okay, all right. Comparable. Yeah, this it is comparable. But you know, what? and they would say, but and Correa is a better defensive shortstop. Correa also has a relationship with Alex Cora. Super great. So wow. did Kike Hernandez. That's great. He had a great. Anyway, it's a good conversation. It's one that we're going to continue to have, and we are going to get the next player we're going to get to uh, after we take Jeff in Watertown is Rafael Devers. But first, we're going to take Jeff in Watertown. Hey, Jeff, how are you? Hey, hey, Brad, hey, Coop, it's a little bonus spread for it. I'm usually yeah, we're, we're, hey, hey you know what? Season. And next week, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, yep. we're on again next week. You know why? Because the Patriots will be one and f- because the Patriots will be one and four. And, they're not and, losing and, to the Lions. This isn't a football show. Yeah, but they're not losing. Yeah, to the Lions. And, and after a whole week go. of trying to decipher why the Patriots are one and four, everyone's going to be yelling and screaming. <laughs> and 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 spoiler alert, Jeff. Next week at this time, in we have John Eight Mile Schreiber on the phone today. Next week right. we might have a Boston Red Sox member a Major League Baseball player sitting in studio next week answering yeah. your question. Right. Facing me. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Jeff, how you doing? Good? I'm doing good. I miss, I'm, I'm, I miss talking to you. So, but, but you've been killing it with the, uh, the podcast. Um, and I wanted to you know, talk about the, the High and Bloom one. The thing that stood out to me um, you know, in the High and Bloom was the thing that I took the most comfort in was when he was talking about being in Tampa Bay and when, it, when a player would go to Boston that they knew wasn't going to do well, how they would you know, secretly like – you know, have some glee about that. You know, some who, by who, who, who could he be talking uh, about, Jeff? Be? Right, right. Who could that possibly be, Carl Crawford? So, um, but that at least showed me because the thing about him that that bothers me about him is I really feel like, you know, what I loved about Theo and and Dombrowski is that they wanted to win on the major league level, and it was 
in their blood. And we talked about this before, blood sport and all that kind of thing. And high and blown, at least, at least when he said that, I felt like, yes, like that's how you should. When you're in Tampa Bay, you should be like, you know, sucker. But then when you're in Boston, you got to be the same way. You know, you gotta you gotta want to go out and 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 you know beat the Yankees. I mean, that should be the number one. It's not thing just in your the mind. diamonds in the rough that he you know quoted yeah. during yeah. the season. It's you go out and just right. get that diamond from the jewelry store sometimes. Ooh. And, and and yeah, absolutely. And then you know, and the other thing about your podcast, the quote of the of the summer, and I hope I hope Haim was listening, was actually from Gibby. Your interview with uh, Gibby, where he said, "You know, I look at my dugout, and you've got two cannons. You look across the oh. field, and they've got four cannons, right? You know, you might win the battle; they're going to win the war. Like that's what high and blue. That was a here. and thanks you for know, bringing that, that up, a, Jeff. I forgot quote, about that's that. That's the quote of the summer. That's a loyalist. That the quote right of the there. summer. What? Yeah, that is the quote of the summer because it was like that's exactly it. That's how you have to think in Boston. I'm going to resurface you know? that quote after the show. That <laughs> that no, honestly, like so, we had John Gibbons yeah, no. on, who obviously former manager of the Blue Jays, and we we're talking about that. And and you know, it, and and Jeff, we got um, we're dropping the Joe Madden podcast on Monday. You're going to love that. It's really really good. Oh, I'm check that out. And um, but he it was right after we talked to Gibby right after. Joe Madden had come out with the whole, like, leave us alone with the analytics stuff, yeah. GM. And I don't know if you guys what, uh, read the SI article today from the excerpt from Joe's book, but holy mackerel. I didn't see that yet. Oh, my goodness. Nice the, plug, the, Well, it was, it was like the, the relationship between him and Perry Manasian, the GM, all the things that we're talking about, like, they, they actually right. spell it out about what went wrong with that Angels relationship. But come back to the Gibby conversation and that quote like that's it right jeff i mean that's it you need the you need the players that's what it comes down to and and everybody knows it you know the the opposing manager knows it everybody knows what you got everybody knows what you're capable of you can't fool anybody anymore you got to have the players you just have to do it and you know your phrase about paying for certainty i mean that's you know nothing's you know nothing's completely certain but you got to show that you're you know, that, that, that's what you're doing. Jeff, that's what you uh, believe in. Jeff, before you go, since you listened to the Heim Bloom uh, interview, that was the one part that frustrated me. Like, I actually, well, there's a lot of it, and we're going to play the Devers, him talking about the Devers situation, which right. was right. Like, like, it made some sense to me when he was talking about. The one part that frustrated me was when I sort of said that about the bullpen, about paying for certainty. Sometimes you right. wish you paid more for certainty. And he cited, he, he said, he said, well, if you look around the division, some of the best relievers weren't the highest paid guy. That is that is basically like the we're going to throw a bunch of crap against the wall and see what exactly. sticks mentality, which doesn't work. Yeah, and now. you can do that when, when when you're in the second second division. You can do that. That's what you have to do. But but you're not there anymore. You know, I hate any time he sounds like a small market guy. I get it just sends chills up my spine because it's like when you're not in a small market anymore. That's not what we're here to see. Um, you know, that's great to supplement, help you know here and there, bring up a young player to you know help out but you you got to have the stars you got to have you know the, the certainty it, it's just it's, it's it doesn't work in boston otherwise. jeff as a hall of fame caller to the bradford show <laughs> i i will leave you with this what question do you want to ask johnny miles schreiber i will ask it for you oh wow um i hadn't thought about that um I, you know i i don't i don't know if you'd answer this i mean i i would want to know like how the players how do they think about the GM in general? Like when, you know, like when you're a player and you know, your GM, like, like how do you size them up or what do you look for or what, you know, what, 
you know, what, 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 what attracts a player to a GM? You know, why would you come play for, you know? Yeah, the problem, the problem is, it's a good question for him. not going to say. Well, he's, because he's new. I mean, he's just happy. Right, to, he's, exactly. he's in the happy to be there happy mode. Happy to be here. Yeah. But right. anyway, Jeff, we'll, we'll reconvene right, next week. All right. All right. Sounds good. All right, all right. Jeff. All right. The great Jeff and we're done. Always a good time. Always a good time. Always a good time. But I, one thing that made me think about this, and this is, this is the millennial baseball Red Sox fan like perspective here is before 2004 was this was there this kind of like attitude by fans that the Red Sox have to go out and spend all the time like I know that like 90 or 97 they went out and got Pedro that was a big name player but prior to that prior to like I, this whole I, two decades of dominance can I tell you I'll give you the answer we got to take a break all right um but we are going to play uh an extensive bloom comment on Rafael Devers, which is really, really telling. It has to do with the Mookie Bet situation comparing. He kind of touched on it in the press conference the other day, but I feel like this is this answer was better. We see the calls lined up. We're going to get to that. I'm going to answer Coop's question I say, as well. I, wa- I want your... No, I want no, your just remind me. Make sure I... Because I, I do have an answer for this. The, the difference between before Pre-2003, 2003, well, even 2003. Yeah, true. yeah, yeah. So 2003, 2004, did people expect them to like to go after the big fishes. All right, 617-779-7937. This is The Bradford Show. I'll be back after this. If you could put your science expertise on a global stage with the world-class resources of Merck's Discovery Centers right here in Boston and Cambridge, just imagine what you could discover. We're hiring experienced scientists to join our mission of helping save and improve lives around the world through the power of leading-edge biopharmaceutical science. Embark on a new, meaningful chapter in your career. Go to jobs.merck.com slash discovery. That's jobs.merck.com slash discovery. If you could put your science expertise on a global stage with the world-class resources of Merck's Discovery Centers right here in Boston and Cambridge, just imagine what you could discover. We're hiring experienced scientists to join our mission of helping save and improve lives around the world through the power of leading-edge biopharmaceutical science. Embark on a new, meaningful chapter in your career. Go to jobs.merk.com slash discovery. That's jobs.merk.com slash discovery. The Bradford Show on WEEI. WEEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. Girl, I like you. I do. I want to be a friend or shopping in a Benz. I like you. This drink. Oh. Come on, Brad <laughs> Foe. Oh, I'm joking. I'm joking. So who is it? <laughs> Tupac. It's Lizzo. <laughs> Play with Tommy Jefferson. Uh, this, is, this is the Brad Foe Show. I'll brought Brad for that scoop. Stiz Beyond the Glass. And hey, Stiz, I know that you listened to the Bogarts uh, podcast from the other day. Yep. He said one of the things we talked about was him going clubbing. Oh. Which was. Not clubbing, going to concerts. Yeah, I know, but it sounds better if I say he's going clubbing. All right. Uh, but he, yeah, going to concert. Which concert? He went to Drake. He saw Drake. Uh, what ones did he see this year? Oh, he see, saw Ciara. Ciara, that's right. That one caught me off guard. Yeah. Wasn't expecting him to yeah. see. Yeah, Ciara. that's a that's a random one, yeah. Cool, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Well, he said he's like, I'm like, well, what do you what do you do? He's like, oh, yeah, I live near the park, so I go you know Fenway. I'm like, what do you stand outside Fenway and listen to concerts? Well, he quickly then went. He was like, yeah, I saw a lot of concerts at uh, the Garden. Yeah, I was like, that's that's nowhere close, man. You got to go all the way up the green line. I don't know. If you want to check out more of that conversation, including his explanation of uh, why Rafael Devers never pays for bills, 
they went out. You see the, the the picture on Twitter that was making the rounds. They went out. Him, Darwin's, and Hernandez, Brian Mata, Bogarts, and Devers to take a picture of this in restaurant in Toronto. And they have the awesome seafood tower. I mean, awesome seafood tower. You love a good seafood This tower. is like a $100 plus seafood tower. Who doesn't like a good seafood tower? I bet it's more than that. I you think I to, asked him. I think nice I asked spot. him. So he said that they, they, they follow that up with like these, like whatever, these imported steaks that probably cost 500 The bill cost 1000 bucks. No big okay? deal. Okay? No big 1000 bucks. And he said, well, he's like, Devers tries to pay. And and I knew that Bogart paid for that meal, $1,000 meal. And but he's like tries to pay, and then he out of nowhere he breaks off the he has arms like what's the guy's name? Wayamba. Wayamba. I don't. I don't yeah, know yeah. basketball. The, 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 yeah, but he, the, 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 the guy that was going to be the number one pick, the number one pick in the NBA. Who cares? I mean, like he pulled that one out of the hat. So what a comp for Devers arms. Let's I mean, get, yeah. I mean, it's all stuff that you can find. I also just love like how like Bogart's like. The public perception of him is he's just, like, this lovable child and everything. Mm. And just the idea of him just, like, trying to pay for something. And it's just like, come on. Being, being now that you uh, have basically done a Nixon Frost with him, uh, sat down, grilled him with the questions. That's not the comparison <laughs> All right. I want. Let's say, that, let's say that you, now that, Coop, that you chopped it up. Also with, calling Xander Nixon? No, I'm calling you Nixon. What? Whatever. Uh, so I... So now that you've chopped it up with Xander, you just a couple guys sitting around the dugout talking ball. Guys well, being dudes. Has that changed your perception of him at all? No. Okay. No. All right. I mean, like, it, it was still, like, still very big J and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think, like, he's pretty cut and dry on on who he is it, as far as, like, how he deals with the media and everything. Mm-hmm. Very chill dude. Very, right. very relaxed. Go. I mean, he was a little he was a little coy with that first answer that he gave us. Yeah, well, listen. But, I mean, you don't want to show your hand. Listen, as long as he gave us the hand, he gave us the breadcrumbs you with know, the video. You need to know when to hold gave, them, know when to hold them. Gave the breadcrumbs with the side eye, uh, telling us, hey, I'm not, the answer I'm about to give you might not necessarily be true. All right, well, um, before we get to Phil and before we get to the, the Bloom conversation about Devers, I do want to answer your question about which is, has it always been this way before 2003, 2004, talking about like, did the the people obsessed over the Red Sox getting the big ticket items in the offseason. And the answer to that is kind of. The difference is is when 2003-2004 the ownership group started really percolating around here, they asked, they got the in the, you know, I don't think they really call it this the pink ads, right? The the mothers, the daughters, the the sons, the tourists. The 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 people who are in the periphery of being fans. And they got them invested, and they got them to buy a lot of gear. The Fever Pitch crew, like this, is a cool thing to do. You go into Fenway, you buy, you know, hey, you want your kids with all the all the gear going to school. They got that crew, which really it went away from the diehards that the Red Sox were built on before. And so when you do that, it's great. That you have sellout streaks and you have all of that making baseball not boring in Boston. Absolutely, you're yep. getting people to buy the baseballs and boring T-shirts <laughs> and everything else. But at the same time, when things do go bad, then you're going to have to pay for it more because people are like, "Wait a second, wait, wait, wait! I invested in this team not only financially but emotionally, and this is what's happening." And so that's cooped. I hope I'm answering your question. No, you are. You are. And that's kind of like what I imagined because from my perspective as, you know, being born in 97, so I wasn't I wasn't even really a thought to people mm-hmm. once Pedro came around. You just were, actually you were just a thought to people starting in April. Like year. within 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 oh, the okay. household. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but like 
I'm I'm pretty okay with buying time in order to be what the Dodgers are, which is what okay. I'm acknowledging. All right, but here's the, yes. It is never about the Rays. It was always about the Dodgers, which is what we're going to hear from him talking about the Dodgers and how that impacts the Devers stuff. But the difference here is, is that, like, Jeff from Watertown is talking about the urgency of wanting to win. Like, this, this perception of all, you're just building it for the long haul, you're taking your time. But, Coop, the problem here is that this year – there isn't that that wiggle room anymore. You cannot have another fourth or fifth place finish no. in this division. Had, had if you're on Bloom, you can't have that. If they gone to a wild card, Bloom binds himself a little bit. Absolutely, more time. he he bought himself out of nowhere some time last year. I mean, I think in and listen, the diehard fans, the people that pay attention, maybe not one sixty two, but at least eighty one, they kind of saw that as an aberration last year. Like they weren't supposed to be where they were. They were a good team put together but they weren't supposed to be two games away from the uh, the World Series. Right. So going into this year, all the people that kind of the, the ancillary people that are just like, this team was two games away from the World Series. This is no excuse. Uh, you hear that a lot here. Um, but, I mean, that's that's the matter of fact is this team came back together and they fell back to earth. They, it was, but you they can't, you can't business-wise, you can't do it. That's no, why you have owners that. that meeting with these people and, and so forth and so on. So we're going to have to push the Devers, the Bloom talking about Devers conversation a little bit. We'll do that after John Schreiber at 5 o'clock. First, we're going to take Phil Phil here. Uh, he wants to talk about Heim Bloom. What's going on, Phil? Thanks for taking my call. You know, saying – that we got a GM that is a small market mentality is only half the problem. The rest of the problem is that the Red Sox are notoriously lousy negotiators, and they're short-sighted. I mean, look at Xander. Xander is working on a with a contract that he was shorted on, and everybody agrees he was shorted on. Now they turn around and offer him a pittance. Not all of it's money. What if three years ago they had made Xander a captain, a captain of the team? Would anybody disagree that that would have been been a bad move? I would have. I think that would have been a great move. Yeah, I don't believe in captains in baseball. Point back, taken. The keys to getting Rafi back is, number one, is signing Xander because they are attached at the hip. And this takes some better negotiating than what they have shown us so far. I mean, look at the David prices. Look at the Chris sales. When they go out long on a contract, they invariably screw up. And then they turn around with prime players and short them, lowball them. Right, especially it's, guys they already have. It's the John Lester, it's the John Lester syndrome. I mean, he said, I want to be here the rest of my life. So what do we do? We shoot him right below the belt and leave him so PO'd that he says, I'm never playing another game for the Red Sox. And he didn't. Well, and we are aces at doing that sort of thing. Well, Phil, we got to get and going. I think, Go ahead, okay. Phil. Finish off. I, I think Xander would have had an entirely different year. We, you, show us, you saw his defense get better. But I think to be playing under a low-ball contract that everybody agrees is low-ball has to weigh on him. 
No, Phil, and we got to get going. We got to we got to get going. But Phil, point well taken. I agree with a lot of what you said, and including, by the way, is that we talk about Xander's year. It's just like the injuries, where you can't just say, "Well, he got off to this slow start, or he did that because of the injuries, or because that he was obsessing over his contract." But he's a guy, and he admitted this. I think a couple of weeks ago, where it did in fact, it did affect him. And and the thing that I always come back to with seeing how different players react different ways. Like some people, it does impact them. The instance I come back to is in Houston when they traded Christian Vasquez, when the ball went under his glove, and like this is no excuse. The ball went into your glove, that's an error, whatever. But I was like, holy mackerel, I've never, ever seen Xander Bogarts do that. And then after the game, he admitted, he's like, my mind was just like not there. And you could read that in the body language. Yeah. Like, you know, these guys are professionals. They know how to bounce back from that type of stuff. But when you just, like, start slumping around, it, it shows. Yeah. You've been slumping around the last couple of days. I have been? Yeah. Are you, are you, re, are you re, you've kind of been revitalized by the oh, postseason. postseason by the way, what, unbelievable okay. game. We're going to keep you updated. Not, no better 15 thing. 15 scoreless innings. If you want, I think a great thing to do is maybe if you want to watch a game, turn down the sound and then hear about the great game of baseball here, you right here. You get your postseason fix and then you get your Red Sox It's right. And, by the way, what a bonus. We have a Red Sox player coming up right after this break. John 8 Miles Schreiber. We're dubbing him the Pitcher of the Year for the Boston Red Sox. He's going to accept the award along with defining which nickname he likes the best. All right, 617-779-7937. That's Stiz. That's Coop. I'm Rob Bradford. This is the Bradford Show. Be back after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 